Sick of being upsold at gyms? My guy, you're currently a base member. For $90 more, I can upgrade you to our Shred membership. For $130 more, you'll be a swole member. And for just $300 more, you'll reach Sweat Platinum. At Planet Fitness, you'll get energy without the upsell. Never pushy, always free fitness training and equipment for every workout. It's fitness that fits your budget. Join Planet Fitness for just $1 down and $10 a month. Cancel anytime. Deal ends Friday, May 10th. See Home Club for details. What's up, Buffalo Fanatics? Josh Allen here. Just wanted to say, uh, go Bills. 30 seconds and counting. There were plenty of years where there were guys who would dread being drafted by the Buffalo Bills. Not anymore. Astronauts report it feels good. T-minus 25 seconds. Brandon Bean realizes they're in a window of two to three years max to get this done while the iron's still hot. And getting Von Miller into that situation was big for the Bills. 10, 9... Oh, baby. Ignition sequence start. Six, five, four, three, two, one, zero. What is up, Buffalo Fanatics? Z-Bot here with you Tuesday night. And that can only mean one thing. It is the smoke break. Live on the Buffalo Fanatics YouTube channel, a Tuesday night special edition. Because we had some ass kicking to watch during our regular scheduled Monday night programming. NFL Week 2 in the books, and it was capped off with an absolute trouncing. What is going on? What do we have in Buffalo, folks? For the love of everything that's holy, the Buffalo Bills may just be the greatest football team we've ever seen walk out on a field. I need to calm myself down so I can get through this rationally without having a heart attack. Good Lord. So great to have you in on a Tuesday night, fresh off a Monday night football victory that we won't soon forget, yet Titans fans wish they already would forget. Good God Almighty. Buffalo Bills improved to 2-0 on Monday night football against what we thought was an arch rival in the Tennessee Titans, a team who had had the Bills number the last couple of seasons, a great game last year in Tennessee on a Monday night as well. Josh Allen slips, falls, the Bills lose by a field goal. And uh, the year prior, Bills just flat out got their ass kicked at home in a COVID game, no fans. And, uh, you know, it really felt like going into this one, it was part of that revenge tour, right? The whole season, there's different elements within each game that you look at. Obviously, the Chiefs, of course, in a few weeks will be one of those games. The Steelers in a couple of weeks. Hell, this coming week in Miami, the way their fans are acting. Every game, we can find something to, you know, extract from as fans, as a team, 
in the Bills in order to get extra motivation. This one, though, it was just, you know, it was, they wrote itself. The Bills lose the last two to these guys. They were the number one seed in the AFC last year, even though it never felt like they were truly the best team in the AFC. And you go into this game on a national stage like you do last week, and you look to once again prove to the world that the Bills and the expectations set out for them this coming season are legitimate and, you know, deserved. You have to wonder now, the Tuesday after this game, you have to wonder the week following the Rams game, were the expectations too low? The Bills were supposed to be the Super Bowl favorite. The Bills were supposed to be perhaps the best team in the league. I don't think anybody could have anticipated what we have seen over the last two weeks. I mean, this is it is absolutely insane, absurd. I don't even know how to put it into words what we're witnessing. The Bills have now beaten the reigning Super Bowl champions and the former number one seed in the AFC by a combined score of 72 to 17. It's not like they're taking the Jets to the woodshed. It's not like they're taking the Jaguars behind the, the shed out to the woods. I mean, they're, we're talking about the class of the league here, so, uh, so you thought. We're talking about the team who hosted the Lombardi a couple of months ago, a team in Tennessee who beats the Bills the last two outings and gets the number one seed in the AFC last year. I don't know if we've seen anything quite like the way the Bills have started these first two games of the season. We've seen teams dominate. We've seen teams come out of the gates hot. I don't think we've ever seen anything quite like this. And last night... Just when you thought the Bills couldn't beat up on a team worse than they did the Rams, last night was even worse. And it was against a team that has gotten the better of the Bills the last two outings. What's changed the most between the Bills of this year and the Bills of last year? It, of course, is the defense, and it's the front line. And I had said going into this one, hey, if the Bills are going to be able to get a win in the style in which they did against the Rams. They're going to have to prove that they can stop the run. Last year, Derrick Henry went off against the Bills. 143 yards, three scores, busted off that house call for about 75 yards. We also know Jonathan Taylor went off last year for the Colts against the Bills. The Bills had a rough time last year against the run. Last week, the Rams barely ran the ball at all. I know everybody and their mother was bitching about Cam Akers because they had him on fantasy and he barely touched the field. We didn't really get an accurate representation last week as to what we can expect from the Bills against the run. But we knew coming into this week, this would be as good of a test as ever. Doesn't get much better than Derrick Henry. Well, last night, it doesn't get much worse than Derrick Henry's career. And if you're looking at the difference between the Bills of this year and last year, it, of course, is the D-line. And this was the opportunity to see what this D-line could prove against an elite run game. Against one of the best running backs in the league. One of the best running backs in the league the last several seasons. An absolute freak specimen of a human being in Derrick Henry. Derrick Henry last night against the Buffalo Bills defense, quite literally, quite literally had one of, if not the worst game in the history of his entire NFL career. Derrick Henry, 13 carries for 25 yards, 1.9 yards per carry with a long rush of nine yards. Let's put that into perspective here. 
because everybody has a down game, right? Everybody has a bad game. Sure. We know that. We've seen it time and time again, of course, from all the best players throughout the league, including our Bills. Last night was more than just a bad game. It was one of the worst games he has ever had. And I don't think it's a coincidence. I don't think he just had a bad night. He had a bad night because he went up against the most elite D front, one of the most elite defenses the league has seen in quite some time. This defense last year ranked number one overall throughout the NFL, but we all know it never quite felt like the Bills defense was dominant. We knew they were good, but there were plenty of games last year where they got ran over, where they didn't look like the number one defense. Last night, that not only did they look like the number one defense, but they looked like one of the best defenses we have seen in this league in some time. Let's put into perspective just how badly they shut down Derrick Henry. That was the least amount of rush yards Derrick Henry has had in a game since 2018. It is the lowest yard, or excuse me, it is tied for the lowest yards per attempt he has had in a single game since 2017. And his long rush of the game was a mere nine yards. That was the shortest rush that was considered to be his longest rush in a single game in over 30 regular season games. It's not like he got hurt. It's not like they didn't give him the ball. He just got dominated. And now we have an example in back-to-back weeks with two very different offenses a pass-heavy offense in the L.A. Rams, coordinated, designed, and executed by one of the league's best young offensive minds in Sean McVay. And this week, a ground-and-pound beat you right at the line of scrimmage team in the Tennessee Titans who used that style to get the number one seed in the AFC last year. The Bills absolutely trounced both styles, and now it leads to question, what's going to work against them? Think Tua is going to have six touchdowns again this week, like he did last week, where everybody now is wanting to say that they're on the same level as the Bills and might give them a run for their money in the AFC East. Sure, I mean, they had a terrific game, right? They come back, they beat the Ravens, and we'll get into that game in a bit. I don't want to take anything away from what we saw last night before we have to. But I'm just saying, you can watch what Tua did against the Ravens. And you can watch what other teams are doing against other teams in the league, but no one else is comparing right now to Buffalo. You can't even make the comparison from one game to the next. It's just not going to work. The way that they won this game on defense was completely different than they did the last week. They only sacked Ryan Tannehill twice. They got to Matt Stafford last week seven times. They knocked him down 15. They only had three quarterback hits in this game, two total sacks. Yet they hold the Tennessee Titans to less points than they did the Rams. And statistically, they made them them seem like a high school JV squad. I mean, it's unbelievable how much they utterly dismantled the Rams on defense. And we, or excuse me, the Titans. And we haven't even touched on what these Bills did in a 41-point explosion on offense. Hell, the Bills offense last night could have stayed on the bus. They would have found a way to win this game. From Matt Milano's pick six, they would have found a way. Between Tyler Bass's leg and Matt Milano, the Bills still win last night if Josh Allen and Stephon Diggs never get off the bus. That's how incredible this defense was last night. And they didn't just shut down Derrick Henry. Ryan Tannehill had a pretty decent outing last year against Buffalo, mainly in part due to the fact that 
Derrick Henry had a great day, set up the play action. Ryan Tannehill had a much easier system to work out of with Derrick Henry having the game that he did. But with their ability to shut down Derrick Henry, it shuts down everything for this Tennessee offense, especially with the lack of weapons that they currently have right now. You hear that? Is that a, is that a chopper? I'm telling you, every damn time I'm on here. You hear that? Incredible. It, it, it's, it's, it's 8.15. I mean, who's... Whatever. Nothing's going nothing's gonna to get me off track tonight. Nothing's going to get me off track, even though that did. Back, back to the point. Ryan Tannehill. You thought Derrick Henry had a career low game, a terrible game. Ryan Tannehill, so bad he gets benched for the rookie. And it makes you wonder, you know, the last time the Bills played the Titans, uh, when Ryan Tannehill was not the quarterback, it was Marcus Mariota. That was his last start as a Tennessee Titan. The Bills are known to have performances in which the quarterback winds up taking a seat. Now, I'm not saying Ryan Tannehill doesn't see the field again. I assume he does. They're not going to put the whole franchise in the hands of Malik Willis quite yet. But last night shows you what a quarterback like Ryan Tannehill is when the system isn't working to perfection in the way he needs it to operate in order to be successful. When Derrick Henry is down and out, this offense shuts down, and the Bills took away their most key asset, the run game. It completely dismantled Ryan Tannehill's ability to do anything. And he was benched in the third quarter in a game that they were losing. I mean, it, it, this isn't preseason. You, don't, you, don't, you understand how mind-blowing that is. Ryan Tannehill takes a seat in this game. Case Keenum is playing quarterback for the Bills on offense in the third quarter. It is week two, prime time on ESPN. I mean, are you kidding are you kidding? It, it, it's, it's insane. It is insanity. Ryan Tannehill was 11 to 20 for 117 yards. It's tied for the second lowest amount of completions he's had in a single game since 2015. Tied for the second fewest yards he's had in a single game since 2018. And he had a 32.7 passer rating. You ready for this? It was the worst single-game passer rating of his entire career. His entire career. So you go out on this field against the Bills, and your two most key assets on offense have quite literally one of the worst, worst outings they have ever had in the National Football League. And it's not because they both decided to take the night off. It is just a true testament as to how unbelievably dominant this Bills defense is. And it starts with the revamped D-line. This, this team, I mean, you, you want to continue to talk about Josh Allen and Stephon Diggs. Of course you do, because they're playing at a clip that is as good as anybody in the league by far. But then you take a step back and you realize... I mean, yeah, it's amazing what they're doing on offense, but this defense is, is on another level. It's unworldly. Seven points in 10 points back-to-back -back against two teams, one in which was in the Super Bowl and won it last year, the other who was the representative of the AFC at the top seed. And they made them look like a Pop Warner team, both outings. It's absolutely remarkable. It's, it's, it, I mean, it, it truly is incredible when you get down to the brass tacks of the situation and realize this defense quite literally last night could have won this game for them without the offense putting up nearly half the performance that they delivered.
truly incredible. And then you think to yourself, no Trey White, no problem. No Ed Oliver, no problem. Multiple injuries throughout the night on defense, no problem. We'll find a way. Speaking of those injuries, a lot to touch on there, unfortunately. Nothing worse than having to have uh, to talk about a laundry list of injuries. Nothing worse than having to have the thigh doc on for uh, problems rather than him just coming on and dancing. I'd much rather have him just come on and do the thigh dance. But thigh doc will be joining me a bit later on to discuss the litany of different injuries that we unfortunately had to witness last night for these Buffalo Bills. And we'll get a timetable as to when we can expect um, a variety of guys who got banged up last night to return on the field for the Bills. So that's the defense uh, in a nutshell. I mean, what more can you say? You watch the game. I, I, I don't even know. There's no words that can be used to describe just how utterly dominant this Bills defense is. The Titans score on the first drive of the game, something the Bills haven't allowed a team to do in forever. And so how do they respond to that? Oh, well, they just never let them score again the rest of the game. The Bills have played eight quarters of football in 2022. They have held their opponents scoreless in six of them. It's just unheard of stuff that's happening here. And, you know, I, I, I understand that there's different ways to look at it. Logan coming in here and saying, we need a real opponent. This is cool and all, but too easy. Look, if the Rams and the Titans aren't a real opponent, then I don't know what to tell you, honestly. I mean, who, then if they're not a real opponent, then who is? They might be having a down year. I understand the Rams let Atlanta back in the game last week or this week. I understand the Titans last week. They lose to the Giants. They were up 13 nothing. I mean, I get it. Everybody has a bad outing. If these two teams aren't real are, aren't real competition i don't know who is i mean obviously the chiefs um really though i mean we we can't discredit this that's the thing here i'd understand if you want to say that had the bills just done this to the jets uh you know the giants the lions right i i would understand that completely and i'd probably be a lot less excited about it than i am right now but that's the kicker of this whole thing right that's the absurdity of all this it's not happening against the, the dredges of the league. It's happening against the top tier. That is what is most incredible about all of this. I just, I, it, I don't know. And it just, it, it just, it, you, you want, now you're getting used to it, right? Like, that's the thing. Like, and, I, and, I, and I'm glad I'm getting to this point because going into this game, you know, everybody's asking, you, what's your score prediction? What do you think? What do you think? And I told myself, I have got to stop convincing myself that I'm not allowed to believe the Bills can kick the other team's ass. Because we always want to just, we always want to let our foot off the gas and say, well, they just dominated the Rams. So, man, 10 point spread, Titans, they beat them the last two outings. They always give them a tough game. I'm done with that. It's like going into the, this week, Miami against Miami. They're five and a half point favorites. The Bills have won 20 straight games by double digits, 14 straight by, by 12 or more points. You know, 12 or more points without the extra point. We're talking about the Bills winning 14 consecutive games by two touchdowns or more here. So I'm looking at a five and a half point spread here against an inflated Miami team who's getting a lot more love this week because the Baltimore Ravens absolutely crapped their pants in the fourth quarter. And I knew that was going to happen. You knew it too. That's the worst part about all of this. The second that comeback happened, the narrative was going to be exactly what it's become. You know, Tua 
on the rise, right? And I got to tip my cap. It was a hell of a performance by Tua, right? But you cannot possibly tell me that that comeback is going to justify half the spread, half the point favorite differential between what the Bills were favored against the Titans and what they're favored against Miami this week. You don't think the Bills are going to beat the, the Dolphins by five this week? And maybe they don't. But off the sample size that you have, how could you possibly make the argument that they don't? Off the sample size that you have in which they beat the Rams on the road 31 to 10, and they quite literally deliver one of the worst embarrassments I've seen on, on a primetime game to the Titans last night, 41 to 7. What's the argument here for the Bills not beating the, the Dolphins by at least five points? And I, I love it, too, because I know that everybody's hyped up on these Dolphins after the ability to come back in the fourth quarter against the Ravens. And it was impressive. And I, I was just as stunned as anybody. You know, like I said, credit to two. A six-touchdown performance by anybody deserves credit. That team is not on the same level as Buffalo. Sorry, no, nobody is. The only team that has even a, a slight equivalency to what Buffalo has going on right now is Kansas City. And that's because they have Patrick Mahomes. That's the only team right now that I could see finding a way to make, to, to, to just to deliver a competitive game. But that's where my mind is right now. You know what I'm saying? Of course, I don't know how much we can get used to this. Then again, though, back to my previous point, what, what other sample size do I, have it to, do I have to base it on? Why should I not think that they're going to kick the living hell out of Miami this week? especially with all the crap that Miami and their fan base have been talking. How could I possibly not believe that? I mean, uh, before we get into that game, because we got plenty to talk about, we, we have to continue to talk about what we saw last night because it's now, it's now a consistent back-to-back -back performance from Josh Allen that is just lights out, right? In a gigantic spot against an opponent that perhaps – in years past, you would look at and say, well, you know, this would be the moment where the Bills collapse, right? Or this, is where the, this would be the moment where the Bills find a way to lose it, a moment where Josh Allen might not be able to rise to the occasion. I mean, all that stuff is so beyond gone now, it's, it's hilarious. That's the other great thing. All these narratives the Bills have built up year over the years, I mean, they, they've gotten pegged down one by one. Now it's to the point where almost none of them at all exist. I mean, not even, not even remotely. You, you go into this game last night, you know you have Josh Allen, you know you have this defense, and I just don't think you can be anything other than, than fully confident in seeing shades of what we did see last night. That's what I'm getting at when I'm talking about the upcoming games here. You have Josh Allen, you have Stephon Diggs, who's looking like vintage Jerry Rice right now, and you have a defense that's resembling the 85 Bears currently. Why should I not be more confident than, than, than anything ever. I mean, it's literally leaving me at a loss for words. You constantly want to convince yourself of a way to, to think that the Bills will have a competitive outing against another team or to find them to find a way to keep it close or, or slip and fall or whatever. I just can't, I, I'd have to really do myself a disservice in mental gymnastics right now in order to convince myself that another team is going to be able to put out on the field what the Bills have put out on the field the last two weeks. I would quite literally have to do mind flips to convince myself that another team right now would be able to put out on the field what we have seen from Buffalo. And that's the thing.
so used to finding a way to bring ourselves down to the mentality of the opponent we're playing because of, of us being Bills fans and us thinking, oh, th- there's no way they can do it again, right? I'm done with that. Done with it. Let's talk about Josh Allen's outing because once again, back-to-back weeks in which it's just lights out. And right now he's, he's firmly at the top of the uh, MVP race, I would say. I, I, have to get, I have to tip my cap to Jalen Hurts right now. I think it's between those two. Uh, Mahomes right up there as well. He always will be. But if we're talking about performances levied out between quarterbacks the last two weeks, nobody's been doing it better than Josh Allen and Jalen Hurts. Josh Allen, though, both games in prime time, both games against two uh, top-level opponents. And it's just been absolutely lights out. What we are finding now from both the defense and the offense of the Buffalo Bills is they are now showing you they are capable of winning a game in multiple different ways with differences in personnel each week. As long as Josh Allen's out there, as long as the core of that defensive front is out there, it it really doesn't matter how much the pieces get interchanged. Last week, you win 31 to 10, and Gabe Davis has a great outing, and things go, you know, according to plan, right? And Josh Allen has an amazing day on the ground, 10 rushes, 56 yards, and they win in dominant fashion. Last night, Gabe Davis isn't out on the field, doesn't play. He's hurt. Your, your wide receiver, too, nowhere, not at your disposal. You take that into consideration. How about the fact that Josh Allen last night ran the ball one time? Did you know that's the lowest amount of rush attempts Josh Allen has had in a game in his entire NFL career? And they won by more last night than they did in that Rams game. Gabe Davis, out, no problem. Not running the ball with Josh Allen, who cares? Oh, your run game, which we thought would be better this season, is completely non-existent once again. Who the hell cares? Speaking of Josh Allen, the, the, the passing game, is so, it is so efficient. It is so efficient that I, I am getting to the point now, and I don't know how you guys feel watching the game, and of course this is just a fool's request because it's never going to happen, but it's getting to the point now where every time this team runs, it's the equivalent of taking a knee. Josh Allen is getting this, this team down the field in such, at such a clip so efficiently, yet every time they run the ball, it seems to develop into absolutely nothing. Same thing last night. This, this, is, the, this is the stunner here. You put up 41 points right? Josh Allen has four touchdowns through the air. And this is without Gabriel Davis. And and this is the statistics on on the ground. Like I mentioned, Josh Allen, it is the lowest rush attempts he's ever had in a game. So he doesn't do anything on the ground compared to what we're used to out of him. Your leading rusher by the time the, the, the starters sat, because James Cook kind of had inflated numbers based on the fact that he played in the fourth quarter and got the bulk of the carries because they were just trying to run the, the, the clock out. So I'm going to just take away his stat line because it really wasn't ref- reflective of what we saw from this run game. Devin Singletary, six carries, 19 yards. But one of those carries resulted in 16. So he had one carry for 16 and then five other rushes that, that equated to three total yards. Zach Moss, three for 17. And then that, that's where it ends as far as the 
tandem was concerned last night. Outside of James Cook and what he did in the fourth quarter to run the ball out or the clock out, Singletary and Moss combined for nine carries for uh, 30, 36 yards. So your, your two running backs combined for 36 yards on nine carries. Gabe Davis is hurt. And Josh Allen runs the ball one time, the least amount in his entire career. Would you have thought that would have resulted in 41 points? And this is what I'm getting at. It just, I, it, it's, it's almost to the point now where if Josh Allen's out there, it does not matter. What else, whatever the hell else happens, it really just, who cares? Because the, he's going to find a way. The second leading receiver last night was Jake Kummerow. Who cares? Made it work. Eight different guys last night caught a ball. Gabe Davis is out. Okay, we'll find a way. Eight different guys caught a ball. For Christ's sake, Reggie Gilliam scoring touchdowns. We'll find a way. Who cares? Eight different guys catch a ball. Jake Kumaro, your second leading receiver last night, makes a beautiful 40-yard grab. Who cares? Josh Allen will get it to you. He'll put it in a spot only you can grab it. Oh, and it probably helps to have right now the best wide receiver in the league. Let's talk about Stephon Diggs. <laughs> Thought he was good last year, huh? I mean, my God. It, and it almost seems like it, it, it looks easy. Is his route running got that, that much better? Because he was already, in my opinion, the best route runner in the league. His ability to separate himself from defenders recently seems to be embarrassing. Every time he gets targeted, there's no one near him. And hell, even when there is, like last week with Ramsey, he'll just put you on a poster. 14 targets, he snags 12 of them, a buck 48 for three scores. <laughs> just it, it, ridiculous numbers. And this is with Gabe Davis out. And you know that Stefan Diggs is going to have to be locked down because he's really your only viable option. Like I just said, Jake Kumaro was your leading, your second leading receiver last night. And, and those 50 yards that, was, that were considered to be the second leading uh, total came on two receptions. Stephon Diggs goes into that game last night with the Titans knowing that Gabe Davis will not be on that field, yet he decides to deliver one of the best games of his career. They know that he is quite literally the only viable option. And he shreds them. It just doesn't matter. You have the best running back in the league. Who cares? Gabe Davis is out. We have to focus on Diggs. Ah, too bad. He's going to dice you. You won the Super Bowl last year. I could give a shit because you're going to come out on the field tonight and look like you barely belong in the league, much less come off a Super Bowl. I just, I, I'm at another loss for words, and thank God I'm going to have a quick break right here to discuss something a bit different than just the utter lunacy we saw out on the field last night delivered by our Buffalo Bills. We're going to take a step back here, and we're going to talk about the misfortunes that we witnessed last night. As great as that game was, right, 
as great as that game was, as dominant as the Bills performed, it was a bit bittersweet seeing the amount of guys that went down last night. Of course, headlining that being Dane Jackson, having to be um, taken off the field in an ambulance. You just never want to see that. And thank God the reports out today have been nothing but positive compared to what we thought might have been the case there just based on the scene. But the guy that, of course, knows much more about these situations than I do would be the doctor, none other than the thigh doc who was at the game last night. I'll bring him in right now. There he is with the shirt of a lifetime on again. You're three for three now, thigh doc. You're never coming on. Always. Best. Look at that. Squish the fish week. You're, you're already on. A, you're already on a week three. You're not yeah, even here Tuesday. Who cares? Before we get into the injuries, thigh doc, I didn't get to make it to the game yesterday. We talked about this. It was unfortunate. Mm-hmm. I, I hate missing them. But you were there. In a quick synopsis here, just give me the vibe of what it was like last night at that game, home opener under the lights, and then, of course, taking into consideration what they delivered on the field. It was like an extension from the playoff game. Yeah. Electric, loud, right from the gate. You know, having Marv out there uh, to, you know, rally up the crowd before the game started. Uh, everyone was on fire. Now, did it, it stay? Was a party. Like- it was a Oh, Yeah. yeah. But, yeah. did it, but did it get did it get crazier as the dom? Because I remember the Patriots game, because I was there, and the domination got so absurd that it, it got to the point where it, I think confusion set in. No one really knew what to do, <laughs> what to do after a while. It just got to the point where like, there's no way they scored again. Was that kind of happening, or did you get the yeah? Was used to well, this that that went down in the third quarter. Okay. It was just like it was one thing after another. Well, I'm so glad you did. had a good time. Yeah. All right. A big party. Party in the yeah, stands. It always is. All right, Thigh Doc. Unfortunately, a lot to dive into tonight, which I hate because that's never good. Um, let's start right off the top with the most uh, profound injury, I would say, last night. Dane Jackson, he gets taken off the field uh, in an ambulance. It was uh, it, almost uh, – yeah, what the best way to put it would be a friendly fire almost. Tremaine Edmonds goes in for the tackle, accidentally yeah. hits – Dane Jackson, his neck really took a, uh, I don't even know how to put it into words. I mean, it just extended in a way it never should. Okay, best way to put it, right? So is what we saw, was it reflective of how bad that we thought it would be or did it look worse than it actually was? Because what I'm hearing today, he walked himself out of the hospital. So what exactly happened and what can we expect from Dane Jackson? Yeah, so, you know, he hyperextended his neck. So he was he was laying on top of the player. Edmonds came in to kind of polish him off. And then while he had his chin up, Edmonds hit him straight on and hyperextended yeah. it. You, you got to think that his neck didn't really snap back as much because the face mask probably rid up a little bit. So it kind of looked worse through the helmet. Like the neck didn't really, you know, go like a complete 90 degrees straight up. But either or, you know, it snapped it back. So, you know, you got to worry about a uh, fracture in the neck and a spinal cord injury. And since that's been ruled out, since they said there was no damage to the neck and no damage to the spinal cord, he's in good shape right now. Um, could it turn to a day-to-day thing? It could. It really could. But that neck's going to be so sore. Yeah. So I don't know if with six days rest if he's going to – because here's the deal. With the neck injuries, like with the stingers, because now we got to talk about three neck injuries from that game. So with the stingers, it's like once you're clear to neurological issues – you just got to get full range of motion, full strength back, and then you're allowed to play. There's no like, hey, it's like um, it's like a quad strain and you need like, you know, two weeks to heal, you know, the, the tissue. You know what I mean? Right. It's kind of just like checkpoints. Like if you got 
no pain, full range, good strength, no neurological issues, you technically can go back in. So um, just because the, the way the hit was nasty, I'm sure he was feeling stuff going down the arm and stuff. They had a, they had a spine board him. So well, that's, that's where weird. we're at. Yeah, yeah we'll get more, more information. You know, I got to stop being a fanboy because I, I did, did get carried away with Ed Oliver last week. Um, I know you yeah, It's all right. It I happens. Want, I was I wanted him to play. I, I know you did play so bad. I felt like with the with the extra rest he was going to go. But you you got to watch the you got to watch the practice practice report and respect yeah. it. So if they're not practicing during the week, they're not going to play. Yeah. And I just felt like Ed got out for stretching on the last day, and I was like, maybe they just don't want him to like reaggravate it, and they're going to throw him in because they're because they're playing Henry anyways. Um, I think you know. I got carried away, but we'll you see how Dane I mean, goes. How, how off were you really? If there were any other team, maybe at Oliver plays. That's the thing. I think that you have to take it into consideration that the Bills have a defensive front where you can afford almost to let Ed Oliver rest it up a little longer than maybe other teams would be able to. So, I mean, you yeah. look last night, he's not out there, and it's that's the crazy thing. Didn't um, make a big difference. No. Yeah. Uh, so another guy who goes down on the D-line who has been real solid for the Bills to open up here, Jordan Phillips, uh, leg injury. Yeah. What can we uh, infer from what we saw from him last night, and then what's yeah. the situation there? So it's almost a highlight folly, you know what I mean? You saw the play. He sprinted yeah. to try to go get Tannehill on the pick six, Yeah, yeah. and then it just looked like he got sniped. So uh, definitely strained his hamstring. It's just how bad is it? Um, for a big guy like that, you got to assume – two weeks on a hamstring strain. Okay. Could it be longer? Yes. Could it be less? Probably not likely, but it could. So, you know, everything's different. He might have, there is a possibility he felt the cramp and just went down, but it looked pretty textbook like that sucker popped on him. So I would assume this is two weeks plus, um, just see how it goes. If, if he gets back to practice uh, this week, then, you know, um, maybe he's on the trend, but I don't see him playing this weekend, by the way. But, okay. you know, if you see him like limited by the end of the week, then, you know, he's trending well for the next week, but I don't think he's going to be coming back for the Miami game. Speaking of that pick six, the man who delivered it, Matt Milano, and almost nobody last night on D played better than him. He suffers an injury as well. What exactly happened with Milano last night? Uh, he's, it's listed yeah. as other right now on his injury report. Well, I saw Stinger, right? Mm -hmm. So um, it must've happened on that last hit he gave to Willis where he, he kind of stonewalled him on the third and one. Yep. And he didn't, he didn't have like the, your initial react, like the typical reaction when you get a stinger where it's like, Oh, like the arm goes, no, like I've had one. Yeah, and, sure. And they suck. And it's like shocking for like, you know, 10 to 30 seconds. When I had it, I got my head bent sideways and it literally felt like my arm was polarized to the ground and I couldn't feel it. Like I couldn't lift it off the ground. It was such a weird feeling. Yeah. By the time the trainers came out, it like came back and it felt like nothing happened. It was just like the shock because like the nerves get stretched. So with him, he stuck him. I watched the replay a little before I got on. He grimaces a little bit, but he, he doesn't even shake it out. I think he probably felt something, went to the sideline. They're like, listen, we just had like three injuries in a row. We're up a ton. You're coming off. With neck injuries, let me just throw this out there. They can be accumulative. Right. So if it's like your first winning, it's almost like a concussion. So if it's the first one in the career, it's a little stinger. It's not a big deal. All right. These guys can go back in the game later in the game. If it's like your second one, now they're a little worried. A lot of those guys, you know, once they get a second one, especially if it's within the same year, they'll pull them for the game and just to be cautious. Now, if you get a third one, now they're thinking, is there something structurally wrong in there? They've got to send them to the hospital. They got to get the x-rays, possibly MRI, CT scan. Make sure nothing's going on with the disc, the spinal cord, 
or the the big ticket item here is as guys get older, they get more neck injuries. You got to worry that they're starting to develop stenosis. Mm. So that's narrow, narrowing of the vertebrae. That's a game ender. So that's a career ender. So that's what happened with um, Eric Wood. He started getting stingers all season. They went to check it at the end of the year and they're like, dude, you got stenosis. It's like you need a fusion you, or you're going to, you know, you're possibly going to have a, you know, a life threatening issue, not just right. a career ending. You know yeah. what I mean? Be paralyzed. So, and I think we saw this with Aaron Williams too. He had those, he had those two neck injuries. He got, you know, he got blindsided by Landry. And then I was at the game when he like tackled someone in the end zone and then they had a spine board him. Yeah. I can't remember which one came first, but I think it was the spine board was the second one. And then we didn't really see him after that. And then the team didn't kind of like, they didn't want him to come back and he still pushed for it. And then they kind of cut him in the preseason. You know, that that was the kind of like sour grapes, how that went down. So status wise from Milano, I mean, from what I can take from what you're saying, I'm kind of alluding to what I'm going to say next. Gotcha. Milano doesn't have any documented neck injuries. He didn't look too bad. I'm not worried about him. He's going to play next week. I'm worried about Hyde. Hyde had to miss some time in the preseason in 2019 probably had a bad stinger in, in the preseason. He missed a game and missed a, like a week of practice. Then he jumped on the uh, injury report, apparently got hurt in the practice yeah. last year. Didn't miss the game, though. And now you had this one. And I watched the replay. It was pretty benign, guys. Like, and Also, I'm also dumb. I'm at the game, right? So I'm on the far. I'm looking at the play from behind. And you see Hyde, like, break down like this yeah. and just drop. And I didn't see the contact. And then – you know, you're at the stadium and they're not putting the replays up. It looked like he had a non-contact injury because he hardly hit the guy. The guy just grazed his face. You know what I mean? It it was not a bad hit. He just just pulled him back a little bit, but it was a, it was a it was a neck injury. It wasn't a non-contact. But this is that's me seeing it from behind by like 50 yards. So th- so that's what when I was you're worried talking about, about Milano, now you're talking about him. So are you more worried about Hyde because of the previous? Oh game? yeah. Yes. Okay. Oh, yeah. And that's why I think they had to get him to the hospital. Mm. Either A, he had lingering neurological issues, and B, they're like, dude, this is your third neck injury. Let's get a, get a full workup, make uh, sure nothing's going on. Yeah. So let's see what happens. Again, I'm going to respect the practice report. If he's not coming back, he's not playing. Yeah. You know what I mean? Um, with most of these neck injuries, they'll, you know, they'll get sore. They'll get some whiplash type stuff or the neck's stiff. But um, – Hyde is more like, uh, you know, this, this is, you're on the verge of like being more degenerative in this nature. So I'm a little okay. more worried about him. Okay. Um, actually a lot more worried Milano. I'd put in a whole different bucket. He's younger. It's a new thing for him. He hardly looked like he was in pain. Yeah. He should be playing next week. Good. Hyde might be out this week and we'll see what happens if it's a longer issue. So you were really going to on, on Ed Oliver playing last week. Safe to assume we see him back this coming week. Yeah, I would definitely assume Ed Oliver's come back this week. And then yes. let's touch real quick on Tim Settle and, uh, and yeah. Gabe Davis. So Gabe Davis, it, that was a late bloomer, so to speak, last week. I mean, no one really saw that coming until it happened in practice. Still a game-time decision. Many thought he would play until he didn't. Um, Gabe Davis and his status, expecting him to go this coming week as well? You got to assume. You know, they showed him walking without a limp, walking into the locker room mm-hmm. on uh, Monday. So, Listen, it's just it was two days on a sprained ankle. So yeah. It was just too close, especially, you know, and they probably are thinking, hey, look, like, you know, Miami's a, a kind of a bigger game. Let's not let's not like, you know, let him get even more hurt and then he's gonna have to miss a divisional game. So right. I don't know. I didn't see the play. They just said he sprained his ankle in practice. Now he did have two nasty ankle sprains the past two years. Mm-hmm. The divisional game against the Ravens. 
it looked like a high ankle. And then he That's came right. back hobbling heavy in the AFC championship game. And then week one last year, he got rolled up on in the Steelers game. And then I don't know if it, if it meant anything, but he didn't play over 80% of the snaps until week 13 last year. Yes, we had Emmanuel Sanders, but his ankle might have been bothering him. I don't know. Um, just something to think about. And we don't even know what ankle he actually hurt in practice. But, by the way, those other two ankle injuries were uh, left and right. They weren't the same ankles. So. Gotcha. Good. Yeah. And then last but not least on what seems to be just an incredibly long list right now, Tim Settle, leg injury yeah. as well. Thoughts on him? So I don't remember him pulling up lame in the Colts preseason game. Yeah. Um, but that's when he got hurt, apparently. So he had a calf injury. Now, calves, listen, if it's like a little twinge, it's like one to three weeks. But you want to be cautious with them because they're easily aggravated. So he had almost four weeks from the Colts preseason game to week one. Then he went out, he played 40-some percent snap share. And then he, he either got sore or he twinged it again. But listen, I'm telling you, I also have a reoccurring calf issue. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. So you'll feel good one day. And then you'll work out, and then the next day it just feels like you got a, like a huge knot in there. And then when you push it, it pulls again, and then you're set back for another three, four days. So, like the calves legit are tricky. So you know, I think I think he was on the men because he got back to limited participation at the end of last week. They'll pro they're, they're probably going to play him this week, but it's just something you know, you got to worry about a little bit. Like you know, if you're if you're real thin on the D tackle depth, and then you know, oh, settle pulled his calf again. Yeah, you're kind of screwed. You know what I mean. So, um, for what it's worth on that, but I would say I would uh, I would assume he's going to come back next week as well. So him and Ed come back at the D tackles. Phillips will be out. Milano will be in, and I think a huge question mark is Hyde. And I would assume Dane's not coming back. Mm -hmm. But I think he just sparred himself from being like you know going on the IR or missing basically the whole year. You know, okay. assuming that he didn't have a neck fracture and no spinal cord injury, so that bodes well but he's awesome. probably going to be out next week too. Well, good to hear. Thai Doc, always making us smarter. Before I let you bounce, you got the Squish the Fish shirt on. Yeah. Two questions. One, if if Tua were to thigh dance, how bad do you think it would be? Or would it be? It'd, be so, it'd probably be so awkward. Yeah, I re that's a good way to put it. You ever see the video of Bryce doing it? I can't even, I can't even release it. I don't know if I've seen Bryce. The only one I think I've seen is uh, Ev, and he absolutely kills it. Bryce yeah, still good, he, though original evan yeah no you're talking well i mean yeah, like, you yeah, were, yeah. No, yes he ha he always had potential yeah but uh yeah yeah he, he has risen um to, uh, awkward oh confirmed to can't even uh, put it out there give me your score prediction this week you got the squish the fish shirt on let me hear it yeah i think we do squish them still yep uh let's go 34 17 love it i think you're a little yeah. light on that but that's all right that's what do you think, right. 41, 41, 17? I like 41. All right, give me a dance on the way out, way with that shirt on. What do you got <laughs> I'll on? I'll shake there? it just a little bit. Give me a little shake. Thigh Can you get the beat on? Yeah, I'll get, I'll get you the beat. Oh, I'm sore from the game. Yeah, I was just going to say. Oh, and from and I made the news, if anyone's watching the Did news. Did you? Oh, I saw you hanging with Benny the Butcher. You're big time now, by the way. Oh, so I'm Benny the Butcher, too. Out. Oh, yeah, I had a great day. Well, hold on. Yeah. Before now, a third question. Did you get him to do it? Did you ask him? I showed it I showed it to him, and he goes, that's cool. Yeah, so but his buddies did maybe not like in the next it. music video. Uh, I don't think he's going to be into it that much, but uh, I don't know. You know, he didn't. He didn't make me feel shame. All right, hey, that's all you can he's ask. Like, for. all right, hey, I like your style. Shake it for me, baby. 
Oh yeah. Look at even even when he's hurting, he's still giving us a little something. There he is. Now dance it out on the off the screen for me, like you like to do. I like that when you oh look at that. Go Bills. Go Bills, baby. Die Doc, the man. Always making us smarter. Unfortunately, had too much to talk about with the thigh doc tonight, man. It stinks. But so glad to hear about Dane Jackson, of course. And it seems like there's a lot of positive to take away from the amount of injuries that we saw last night. But we will, of course, keep you updated right here. Uh, let's do a quick word from our sponsor. I am noticing plenty of super chats that I have not addressed. And that's because, you know me, I get way too worked up. Next thing you know, 45 minutes go by and I haven't addressed them. And that's ridiculous on my part. I'm going to address all of those beautiful super chats that I'm seeing right now uh, that I have not forgotten about. I just got way too hyped up and cannot believe that it's 50 minutes have gone by. Um, insane. Quick word, though, from our new friends, not so new anymore. We're a few weeks in now, but our friends, rather, over at BetUS. If you're like me, you like betting on football. Uh, if Hopefully you're not like me, though, and you're good at betting football. And if that's you, you're going to want to take advantage of our promo offer over at BetUS. It's awesome, really awesome platform to uh, place wagers on NFL games. And right now we're offering a special deal here at the Buffalo Fanatics. If you look at the link in our bio, you can get a 125% sign-up bonus, which is sweet because it's more free money to put on the game. And hey, Bills minus five and a half. Seems like a good one to me. Quick word from our friends over at BetUS. Football is back, and so is BetUS.com for our 28th year of NFL action. With live in-game betting, incredible odds with daily odds boosters, props, parlays, fast payouts, and exceptional customer service, BetUS has it all. Sign up today at BetUS.com. BetUS, where the game begins. Bet US, go check them out. Like I said, uh, link in the description right here on YouTube. Click on that 125% sign up bonus, and you can use that to hammer Bills minus five and a half, like I plan to do this coming week. All right, as promised, let's get to those super chats. And once again, I apologize for the delay on those, just that we got a lot of exciting things to uh, talk about. And that, of course, being the Bills just being what I. I'm not even, I, I don't even, like I said, I continuously keep getting at, at a loss for words. And that's why I've allowed 50 minutes to go by without addressing these. Let's start from the top with my man, Logan. And Logan comes in with the super chat and says, but as you know, the AFC is far superior to the NFC. The AFC team who makes it to the bowl wins the bowl. How is this not our year? Uh, I agree with the AFC point, although right now I'm, I'm getting a little bit confused as far as some of these teams who I thought were going to be top tier opponent or top tier uh, you know, caliber this coming season that are doing the complete opposite early on here. The Bengals are shocking me. The Colts are really shocking me. Denver looks horrendous. I, I can't believe how bad they look with Russell Wilson. Odd. But I would say right now the, the, the top of the AFC, and by that I mean Buffalo and Kansas City, there's just nobody in the league right now that's close to it. I think Philadelphia looks great, but they're young, um, and I just don't know if that is – I don't know if you can make that comparison quite yet. We, we have yet to see enough out of Philadelphia. We, they've looked great. And of course, you know, Tom Brady's still over in the NFC and we have the Rams who could wind up kicking it in gear. They haven't looked all that good uh, to start the season off either. The AFC, definitely the superior conference, but I just think it's going to come down to that cream of the crop in the AFC. I just don't know how it couldn't. It just seems to be so much far and away better than anything else in the league right now. Um, 
And when you do look at the Bills and the way that this year has started, it is so hard to ask yourself or not to ask yourself how it couldn't be our year. It just feels like it. It felt like that this offseason, and that is continuing to compound these, these last two weeks. Hopefully it continues to do so as the weeks go on. But it really felt like that in the offseason and after two weeks of just some of the most dominant football I've ever seen. It's really hard to not think that it, it just it is destiny this year. It just feels like the year. And it's not just us saying that as Bills fans. I mean, you know, everybody and their mother right now is on the Bills bandwagon. It just It just is the way it is. Once again, this week and last week, every single major publication in their power rankings, Bills number one. And it's not like it's, oh, wow, that's crazy. Like, no, that is to be expected. I mean, who the hell would you put ahead of them? You couldn't. And anybody who puts somebody ahead of them, they would be really just, you know, they'd be doing it for clicks. It is the common consensus. It is just general knowledge right now. Bill's number one. You'd be nuts to put anybody else ahead. My man, Johnny DeMarchi coming in, one and two. I saw the other one down there. We'll get to both, Johnny. First one. Johnny's saying, Bill's Mafia since 1969 grew up in Orchard Park. Miami might be a problem. No CB one and two without Trey and Dane. That is true. Uh, currently live on Miami beach. It is 85 and 85 humidity here right now. Hill killed us in KC bills, 35, 28, but no blowout Z. All right. I understand your thoughts completely, Johnny. I do. Um, I can't, like I said earlier, it's so tough for me to split the hairs here between wanting to think that, um, the Bills can deliver what they have the last two weeks and also knowing that that is almost impossible to do on a weekly basis. I only know what I, what I know so far, and that's the last two weeks. Miami, you could make the argument compared to these previous two games and now this week, is Miami the best team the Bills will face these first three weeks? I don't think anybody would have said that before the season started. I think what we've seen so far, you could probably make the argument. It's probably the best offense. And what they did against Baltimore on Sunday late was incredibly impressive. But we cannot forget that they were getting their ass handed to them. I mean, they were getting stomped on three quarters through that game. And I just don't know what the hell. Our bodies come in different shapes and sizes. So doesn't it make sense that our weight loss plans should too? That's the beauty of Noom. They build a personal plan that factors in dietary restrictions, medical issues, and other personal needs so your plan works for you. Noom doesn't restrict or shame when you want to treat yourself. Their flexible program focuses on progress instead of perfection. You don't have to give up carbs or anything. And with their daily lessons, you can learn something new about your food choices every day. After just a few days of using the app, I learned how to recognize cues for overeating and how to choose the right foods to feel full. Stay focused on what's important to you with Noom's psychology and biology-based approach. Sign up for your trial today at Noom.com. That's N-O-O-M. Dot com and check out Noom's first ever cookbook, The Noom Kitchen, for a hundred healthy and delicious recipes to promote better living. Available to buy now wherever books are sold. What happened in Baltimore? Their secondary decided to smoke a cig on the sideline and have a have a cocktail. I don't know what in God's name happened to Baltimore's defense to end that game. It, it, it was. It, It literally looked like they were trying to throw the game. They were cruising to a victory. I'm more shocked. I'm I'm not, I'm just more shocked Tua was able to take advantage of it. Honestly, that's what impressed me. I mean, even though that they seem to be really trying to hand the game over, you still have to be able to take it. And Tua did. 
more than I would have anticipated out of him. I can't lie. Now ask yourself this. After coming off of that win, which, let's face it, for Miami, that's about as big of a win as they've had in a long time. Do you honestly think, do you honestly think that they pull that off in back-to-back weeks and they come off of that comeback into Miami, host the Bills, and win that game? No. Now, I know Johnny right here is saying Bills still win. I, I just... I, I don't I don't believe in Miami. And I, I, I just I know last week happened and I'm going to give my credit where credit's due. We cannot we cannot base our opinion of the Dolphins or any team for that matter based on one game, much less one fourth quarter where they somehow scored 28 points. We're basing our opinion on the Bills based on the ascendance over the last three seasons to culminate into what we're seeing now. We've seen the trend. With Miami and Tua, I mean, yes, they definitely, it's no secret, they look much better with the addition of Tyreek and now the emergence of Jalen Waddell. I mean, that that duo right there is probably the fastest tandem in the league at the wide receiver position, and they're extraordinary players, no question about it. But I, I just, all I'm going to say is we'll see this week. If Miami's for real, and, and, and I'm not taking anything away from what they did last week, a win's a win, but that win against Baltimore to me doesn't make me sit back and say, oh, man. I don't feel any different about Miami today than I did two weeks ago when it comes to playing the Bills. Sorry, I don't. They were getting their ass handed to them against Baltimore. Baltimore collapsed. Miami took advantage of it with two incredible speedsters on offense that Baltimore decided just to not cover at the end of the game. I don't get it. They got, the, they got the job done. At the end of the day, that's all that matters. I just don't think the Bills would allow that to happen in a, in a position that Baltimore was in where they were up, what, four touchdowns? I don't know. I'll touch a little bit more on that game in a, in a, in a second here. Let's go down to Johnny's next uh, Super Chat. Johnny comes in again and saying Bills have won last 20 uh, victories by 10-plus points. Process that. Yeah, it's, it's, an, uh, it's insane. It, it is nuts. Uh, last time that happened by any team, the Bears in 1940-1941. I don't even know if the television was invented yet. Uh, before Pearl Harbor. God almighty, man. Bills are elite. 52 years in with them. I remember Joe DeFuke. God, I don't even know who that is, Johnny. Pardon me. What Johnny's saying is he's been in here for the long haul. He remembers this stuff. And uh, it, it doesn't get much better than this. And I can, can, I can concur with Johnny, and I'm only 25. So imagine having to watch all that other crap. This has got to be even better than it is for me. I mean, it really is unprecedented. I don't care if you're a Bills fan or not. I mean, it's just a joke what they're doing to these other teams. It's extraordinary. Absolutely nuts. All right, what else we got here? The ref coming in, my man. He goes, they're going to have to start televising. <laughs> they're going to have to start televising these games rated R because these are historic level ass whoopings being handed out on a silver platter, Z-Bot. You are right, ref. I mean, they really should put a disclaimer, kind of like in, uh, on South Park before every show when they have the placard come up that has the um, 
essentially has the copyright warning so they don't get sued for uh, making fun of everybody. I guess what the Bills should do now before every broadcast is they should put up a not safe for work sign because what you are about to watch could be considered um, sexually explicit for how just titillating it is to watch. Um, Extreme violence. I mean, you saw Matt Milano hit Malik Willis yesterday. I mean, I felt that in my, in my bones. And I was sitting on the couch eating chips. Imagine how he feels this morning. I mean, you, you could go down the list here. I mean, the Bills are probably violating like 15 FCC violations every time they're on live television for the ass whoopings that they're, they're handing out. Great point, ref. We should probably get on the phone with uh, one of these executives over at these networks because... I mean, I, I, I'm all in for letting your little kids watch these games, no doubt. You got to let them watch, right? But, you know, make sure to explain to them what they're watching because they might not be able to process it. You know, they really might not be able to. <sighs> I still can't believe these last two weeks have happened. I mean, I'm, I was talking with my dad earlier. What did he send to me? It was, it was hilarious. Let me look it up. <laughs> I don't know who wrote this, but he sent me a screenshot of it. Um. This was, this was the title of an article earlier. Now, pardon me, I don't have the name of the article. My dad just sent me a screenshot of it, but it says, the Buffalo Bills are here to chew bubblegum and kick ass, and the team is all out of bubblegum. I mean, you're not kidding. Kind of like what the ref just said. I mean, this team, and, they, and I forget who said it. What was it, Von Miller, I think, who said it? I mean, they don't just want to beat you, but they actually want to embarrass you. I mean, they want you to have to call your mom, you know, after the game and, and, and try and, you know, somehow recover from the public humiliation you just suffered through. I mean, how, last night was sad. I mean, you got Mike Vrabel going into the, um, the press conference last night. He, he's got to admit, you know, in front of reporters in a million cameras and everybody's going to see it. You got to literally flat out say, we just got our ass kicked. Because what the hell else are you supposed to say? Everybody knows you did. I mean, honestly, saying you got your ass kicked was probably putting it lightly. I mean, you got grown-ass men. I mean, last week you got Sean McVay coming out and, and you know, I, I forgot the exact quote. I, I tweeted it out. He said, uh, you know, a variation of, um, oh, he, he said we got humbled. That's just a really, you know, politically correct way of saying we got our ass kicked. You know, last week, Sean McVay goes, that was a very humbling experience. And last night you got Mike Vrabel saying we got our ass kicked. I mean, you're leaving these, you're leaving these coaches, and, and neither of them are slouches. I mean, of course, Sean McVay, one of the best in the league. Mike Vrabel, he's, he's a great coach. He's been terrific for that Titans organization. And you, you, you're, you're embarrassing the poor fella. I mean, honest to God. I mean, that poor guy. I mean, you saw the video that's been going around social media, I'm sure, where he's just standing there, like, rolling his eyes. I mean, the poor guy probably couldn't wait to get the hell home. I mean, for Christ's sake, halfway through that third quarter, we're watching Malik Willis play Case Keenum on Monday night football. They really should have just called that game at the end of the third quarter. Everybody, it was, it was, it was embarrassing. You just sat there at the end of that third quarter going into the fourth and you're just sitting there like, if, if you're anything like me and my dad were, you're just sitting there and you're like, Dude, there's no way that the Case Keenum's just like out here right now for a whole quarter just for the hell of it, like for fun. I mean, you understand these like Diggs 148 on 12 catches, three TDs, Allen a 317 yards, four touchdowns, um, and uh, 128.9 QBR. 
They didn't play a single snap in the fourth quarter. I mean, are you kidding me? You got Case Keenum in the game. Week two on Monday Night Football in the third quarter. Against the former number one seed in the AFC. I mean, folks. If you're Mike Vrabel last night, Ryan Tannehill, I mean, how the hell did you sleep with a single second? I mean, I, it, was, it, it was quite literally, the best way to put it, embarrassing. You score on your opening drive. That game was 7-7. Seven to seven. And what's crazy about that game is the Titans went right down the field on their opening drive. I was a little bit concerned. Because I'm, you know, we're all conditioned, right? Oh, here we go, right? Oh, they were great last week. And now here we go, you know? <laughs> and this is why I got to just stop doing this to myself. Because they let them go right down the field. And it just seemed like maybe, okay, maybe, maybe we're in for one tonight. And they never get close again. They score on the opening drive and they don't come within uh, you know, a prayer of scoring again the entire night. I, I mean, what the hell? I just can't. I can't. I just, I don't even know. I don't even know, man. I, it's, it's just, I never in my wildest dreams thought it would get to this. You know, whatever comes of this, I don't know. But all I know is the first two weeks of this 2022 season has been some of the most absurd like genuinely, how many times tonight have I just almost had? Like, I'm, I'm like mid-stroke here. I got nothing. How are you supposed to summarize that? It, it, it's disgusting what we are seeing here. They are making grown men look like they don't belong within a hundred yards of the football field, and they're doing it with like with anybody. It doesn't matter. Johnny, super chat coming in. First quarter and a half, I was so upset with the game. Starting to realize you can't let yourself get worked up over every play and let things play out. I mean, yeah, that's how I felt last week. You know, the Bills go into the game, they go into half, 10 to 10, and I'm like, you got to be shitting me, man. They're kicking the crap out of these guys. There's no way this game's 10 to 10. I'm pissed as hell. I'm like, I, you know, and I, and I got a real, real problem with Twitter. I mean, to me, like, you know, football and Twitter is 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 more it's a better duo than peanut butter and jelly i mean it is the greatest tandem in the world twitter and football like just when you thought football couldn't get any better you got the little companion of a million other fans bitching and also going nuts you know praising at the exact same time like it's amazing it's incredible so every single thought for the most part that comes within my brain is out on that twit on that twitter sphere in about a half a second and if you were to go and scan my Twitter timeline, I mean, you would think I would need some serious evaluation, right? Some serious help. Because my, my mood and my, like, overall um, mentality, I guess, it, it, it switches. Like, you go up and down the timeline, it's incredible. You are going to see, like, every range of emotion happen in, in writing within about a five-minute span. And I was tweeting out last week in the beginning of the game, and last night I'm like, you know, Stop running the ball, and which I still, you know, it's it, the running game. I don't know what to make of it. I just don't care, really. Because why? What, what, how am I supposed to care about it? 41 to 7, how am I supposed to give a crap about it? I mean, it, it's not good. 
and maybe it bites us in the ass. But maybe I'd have more to t- say on that tonight if the Bills, you know, lose or they win a close one. You can't run the ball in 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 your you win the game forty-one to seven with your starters, um, you know, sitting out the whole fourth quarter, having a couple beers, shooting the shit. I mean, what could I possibly complain about tonight? Run game ain't that good. Yeah, it really, really isn't. No, it's not. And I don't think that's anything, you know, shocking. I think we thought it would be better this year. I did. It looked like it would be. And I know Singletary shows flashes of being, you know, real good at times. But this run game is what it is. It's, you know, it's 100 to 150 yards a night type run game. And and, and it'll be on the higher end if Allen runs. Last night he didn't. You barely break 100 yards. Who the hell cares? I mean, who the hell cares? Honestly. If it were up to me... And it's probably a good thing it isn't. But if I'm Ken Dorsey, man, I, I just, I don't know how many times I run the ball. Like maybe five, six times a night, maybe. If you're going to get the ball down the field the way that they do, because if you're noticing now, it's not just, they're doing it in a variety of different ways. This is two weeks in a row now where Allen has done an incredible job of picking apart the defense in small increments. They just tic-tac-toe down the field. I mean, like I said earlier, you had eight different receivers catch a ball last night. You, you tic-tac-toe down the field, and you get in the end zone. And then that winds up developing into the deep ball to Stephon Diggs, the deep ball to Kumaro. I mean, they're doing it in a variety of different ways. But the passing game is so much more efficient. Like, the short passing game, to me, should just completely supplement the run game. I mean, ask yourself this right now. How much more confident are you in gaining five yards on a Josh Allen slant, out route, little curl, whatever? How much more confident are you in gaining five yards out of that than you are handing the ball off to anybody up the middle? Like, if it were up to me, man, the the eye formation for this team would be completely eradicated out of the playbook. What's the point? What's the point? I mean, genuinely ask yourself, and I get it. You know, you got to establish the run. You can't just pass. I get it. I get it. I get it. You know, I understand but if, if, you, if you were to genuinely ask yourself right now, how much more confident are you in getting a five-yard play uh, executed? How much more confident are you in either throwing that ball or running the ball? And I guarantee you, if you surveyed a million Bills Mafia uh, members, 99% are going to say throw. And it's because it's true. I mean, there was a few drives last night where they would try to run, and it was just going nowhere. And then they would turn to the, the pass game almost exclusively. They would go like 10, 15 plays in a row, it seemed, without running it. And, and what do you know? They're in the end zone. And then you think to yourself, I, I mean, why are we running it? And I get it. You got to do it. You know, everybody says that. I don't know, man. Like, it's just, I, it's so much more efficient is all. I, I just, I, I would, I would, I would trust getting a y- one yard, honestly. And it's not even that the, the run game is, ba- is bad enough to where you can't get a yard. I mean, they, the Bills can get a yard, even though their short game last night wasn't all that great. Let's be real. Um, I guess the moral of the story here is if I need any, any amount of yardage, I, I'm much more confident in the, throw, in the passing game. And, and I don't even know how much of an indictment that is to the run game. It's just that we have Josh Allen back there. I mean, the guy is quite literally playing some of the best football that position's ever seen right now. If we're, if we're carrying back into the playoffs and then we're scooting on into this year, it, it's just, it's world-class. So why take the ball out of his hands? 
Then again, though, the run game, like I said, it wasn't doing much last night. Frankly, last week, it wasn't doing much anything either. Allen had the most rush yards again last week. Who cares? You're trouncing teams. Do whatever you want for all I care. It's just not all that fun to watch. The handoffs are beyond boring to watch. I guess selfishly, I just want to watch Josh Allen throw the ball every single play. But I can't imagine anybody on here who doesn't want to see that either. But if not for, if not for entertainment value, more so for the fact that it just works better. Ref coming in again. Props to Ken Dorsey. He was the only question mark I had going into the season. Do you think we need more from our run game? Well, hey, how about that, Rev? How about that segue? Um, you know, I never had any question marks on Ken Dorsey. I was beyond confident in him coming in. It wasn't like they went outside of the building to find a new OC. It wasn't like they had to go get a guy who had no relationship with Josh Allen. This was the perfect fit. It couldn't have worked out better. And from what I had heard from the players directly about their thoughts on Ken Dorsey and what he brought to this team, I was beyond confident. I understand that you had questions surrounding it. It would be the first time Allen takes the field without Brian Dable. And I think he's gotten a lot of the credit for Josh Allen's success, but let's be real. I mean, I kind of irritates me sometimes when I, I heard the other day, I think it was coward and I'm a big coward fan, but they were talking about Daniel Jones and, and the giants and how they've started out two and out. And I think coward was like, you know, uh, you know, Brian Dable fixed Josh Allen. And I'm like, no, he, no, he didn't. He did a great job with Josh Allen. He did a terrific job coaching Josh Allen. He didn't fix Josh Allen. Josh Allen fixed Josh Allen. Yeah, I mean, I, I think Brian Dable was a, was a big factor in the success of Josh Allen from a coaching standpoint. But you're not going to do that with, I mean, Brian Dable's not doing that with Daniel Jones. Sorry. I mean, I think everybody knows that. That's obvious. But he didn't fix anybody. He was a great coach for Josh Allen. And I think we can immediately tell right now, Ken Dorsey, the same thing. I think Allen's got a great relationship with him. From what I could tell from talking to players personally, they have a great relationship with him. They all seem to love him. They think he's as energetic of a guy that could possibly exist as far as a coach is concerned. And he has been crushing it. Now, when we're talking about the run game, I do see glimpses of things that, you know, are similar to last year out of the run game where it's just frustrating to watch. I don't know how much of that can be put on the OC though. I don't know. I don't know if it's the talents there or I just don't know if the execute, the ability to execute is there. I, I don't really know what the issue is. There's only so many different designs you can, you can queue up for running the ball out of the backfield. I think that they're doing a better job of mitigating it compared to last year. It seemed like they ran the ball far too much last year for the way it was being executed. I will say this year, it seems like that's being um, mitigated a bit. Like last night, like I was talking about earlier, for example, there was a few drives where they were trying to get the run game going and it just wasn't working. What I liked about Dorsey is he would get to the point within that drive where he's like, screw it, we're just going to keep throwing it. I can't remember the exact drive, but I think it was, it was probably in the third quarter based on what my memory, it was a drive where they were really trying to run it because it, it was getting to the point where they could try and just get the hell out of there, honestly. And it just wasn't working. The, the, the ground and pound was, wasn't working. And so Allen just tic-tac-toe down the field touchdown. So um, I have no complaints or real, real criticisms. I don't really know how you could have anything but the ultimate praise right now for Ken Dorsey. Um, I thought it was going to be a perfect fit. It seems like it is. And we're only two games in. I think that we have a lot of incredible... Uh, a lot more incredible outings to be seen out of Ken Dorsey. And he's done a terrific job early on here for sure. But like you said, props to him, obviously, because it, it ain't easy, man. 
it ain't easy to come in here with this expectations as a first year OC and deliver. But I guess when you have Josh Allen, it probably makes that job a hell of a lot easier than if you didn't. Johnny coming in here on another note. Have you listened to locked on Browns yet? Started recording live with two minutes left in game Sunday. Oh my God. You're kidding. No, I need to check that out. Wow. How about the jets? Huh? How about Sunday? Sunday was nuts. Sunday was nuts. I cannot believe the Jets won that game. I cannot believe the Jaguars beat the Colts 24 to freaking nothing. How the hell does Pittsburgh last week beat the Bengals? D looks off the charts. You lose to Mac Jones. That blew my mind. I cannot believe, I just, I cannot believe what the Dolphins did in that fourth quarter. I, I just, I, never in my wildest dreams would I have thought Tua would have scored six touchdowns. I have to give credit there. I won't go out like many other people are saying and be like, here he comes, here comes Tua. No. Go look up the amount of quarterbacks who have thrown six touchdowns in a game before. You'll see on that list that there's some guys you've probably never heard of in your life. I'm not saying... Tua's going to wind up on that list of no names. I'm just saying, pause. Let me watch the game this coming Sunday. And I'll be the first one to sit down here with a big old plate of crow and eat every last bite of it if the Dolphins come out and give it to the Bills on Sunday. Okay, I promise. I don't think it's going to happen. So, let's just wait and see. That game, though, I mean, if you're a Ravens fan... Like, I know, like, I think back to, like, sickening losses for us. Like, of course, the Cardinals loss on the Hal Murray was horrendous. And speaking of which, I mean, God, the Raiders blowing that game, letting Kyler Murray run around the backfield for 30 full seconds until he trots in to, uh, to get the touchdown and send it to overtime. That game was nuts. But the, uh, the whole Sunday afternoon, like, the whole slate was just crazy. And I don't know right now. I mean, the Bills, that's the, that's the beauty of what we've seen is, is no one's really seemed to separate themselves. Hell, I mean, even the Chiefs, I, I thought the Chargers out last Thursday, and I, I thought the Chargers were the better team on the field. They just did what they love to do, and that's charge it up. I mean, they find a way to lose every one of those games, the Chargers. Um, you know, Justin Herbert hurt. Not sure how long he'll be out, if at all. It looked way worse, and I think it's going to wind up being for him. Um Props to him. That was about as tough of an outing as I've seen any quarterback in Dara. That was real impressive stuff out of him. Um, but I just thought the Chargers were the better team all night. They found a way to lose. I mean, it's tough to win when you're on the doorstep of taking the lead and you throw a 99-yard pick six. Yeah, Mahomes had about, what, 97 dropped interceptions that night. It just didn't go the Chargers' way. Um, but I think right now, like I said last week, those three teams to me are just that. That's that's really where it's at right now. Those three teams. And that's what it's going to come down to in the AFC. But the Bills, I think more so than any other team, have just completely separated themselves over these first two weeks. Um, there really hasn't been a whole ton of consistency out of anybody else. The, the Bills have been the most consistent team right out of the gate in the most dominant way imaginable which is crazy. What else we got on here? Man, oh man, oh man. Oh my God, all right, so let's get to it. Hour 20, here we are. So, 
had the pleasure of going on a opponent podcast last week. Always fun to do so because you get the uh, opposite perspective. And I think as Bills fans, especially in my situation where you're constantly talking with other Bills creators and fans and whatnot, you kind of get lost in that world. And then when you're playing a game that week against another opponent, you're constantly focusing on what the Bills got to do rather than looking at the other end of things and what those fans might be thinking and those content creators might be thinking. So had the pleasure of joining Mr. Titan. Uh, he's a Tennessee Titan YouTuber. Um, pleasure of joining him. Great dude. We had a blast. Chopped it up for about a half hour last week talking about the game. And um, so hopped on his show last week. And like I said, you know, did our predictions, preview, keys to the game, all that. But, and this wasn't me. I got I to gotta give Mr. Titan some props. I mean, he's got some big stones on him. He wanted to make a bet on the game. And I'm all in on making the game more enticing. I mean, obviously, it doesn't need, I don't need any more action on the game. It's the Bills. That's all I need. But if we're willing to make the game a little interesting, a little more interesting, rather, I'm all in. Now, I didn't want to make a bet um myself because i feel like nobody's gonna want to take a bet with the bills if i extend the bet out i mean i feel like that's kind of i don't know i mean i, I feel like it'd be less likely to be taken because as of right now who would want to place a bet with the bills but i gotta give mr titan credit he offered up the bet so let me show you what went down with mr titan how this bet developed and then of course let's get to the part where the bet gets settled because we all know what happened. Here's the bet that was made between Mr. Titan and I. And after I show you the setup, I'll show you the payoff. Here's the bet. I think we place a bet, right? It was at this moment that he knew he f***ed up. Oh, I'm all in. Let's hear it. Now, if, say, the Bills win. I like my chances. I mm -hmm. get a random table. I say go Bills, and I jump from wherever the hell I'm at Love and it. land on it. And okay. say vice versa. If you if the Titans beat uh, the Bills, <laughs> same thing. You you film it, and then we'll post it. There you go. Let's do a virtual shake on that. I mean, of course I said yes. Of course I said yes. You want to bet on the game, Mr. Titan? Of course. I'd love to. Now, I got to say, I thought the game would be, I, I thought the Bills were going to win in dominant fashion. I didn't think it was going to be that dominant. But I got to give my props to Mr. Titan. He's confident in his team. And they just came off a loss to the Giants. And he still had the stones to place a bet against the Bills after what we saw them do to the Rams. I love confidence in the team especially when it's not blind confidence. Mr. Titan, really, really good dude. Really good dude, real fun to chat with him. I look forward to doing that again with him at some other point because he's a, a real great guy. And not only is he a great guy, but he's also a man of his word. So, of course, he loses that bet naturally, and he handled it as well as anybody who loses a bet could today. Mr. Titan was an honorary member of Bill's Mafia and I present to you Mr. Titan paying his debt to Bills Mafia after losing the Bills Titans bet with yours truly. Here is Mr. Titan paying off that bet. All right. This is uh, to Bills Mafia. Obviously, I'm a man of my word. Titans got destroyed yesterday. So 
for my friend with our bet. Do a little tribute to Bill's Mafia. Drink a little Dos Equis. Kids don't drink in the morning. It's only 10 in the morning, unless you're a Bills fan. Or Titans. After that game. Here we go. Yeah, I should have. So this is take two. The ground was uneven, so I, I placed it somewhere else. Uh, cheers. Tighten up, baby. <laughs> oh. Hey, Bills fans. Good game. Congratulations. Tighten up. I mean, what a guy. First of all, the form was immaculate. I mean, he disintegrated that table off the top of the ladder. Went as far as to do a take two because it wasn't set up good enough. A little beer at 10 a.m. Look, I hate to say it because Mr. Titan, he's all in, man. Obviously, he's a huge Titans fan. He's got his own YouTube page. You should see his freaking garage. Uh, go check it out after we're done here over at the Mr. Titan YouTube channel. You can watch my interview with him um, and you can check out his setup. He's got a sweet garage with all this Titans memorabilia. And I can't help but think to myself after watching that. Mr. Titan, man, I think it might be time to join the mafia. I mean, you're drinking at 10 a.m. You got the perfect form for the table diving. And you wouldn't have to endure what you had to endure the other night. Look, at we're taking in good quality new members. And I'd like to have Mr. Titan on board. Now, Mr. Titan, he's a loyal guy. He was so loyal, he was willing to make that bet. So I doubt he takes us up on that offer. But even so, props to Mr. Titan paid off his bet like a man and he did it in style an incredible incredible um form off the top of the ladder beer at 10 a.m i'm telling you man mr titan next time we get the titans out to the bills uh out in buffalo or vice versa we got to link up and we got to get uh we got to get a double table dive going because that was impressive stuff oh mr titan's in here right now how about it look at him there he is mr titan y'all are great see this is a class act man Love it. Mr. Titan, a hell of a guy. I look forward to jumping on with him again sometime soon because uh, he is the man. And I can't get over that form. When I first watched that video, when he sent it to me, I'm like, damn, man. That's about as good as it gets. You know, with us, usually, I mean, at least with my buddies, I mean, I'm lucky somebody hasn't busted their head open. I mean, that was perfect. The ass hit, like, uh, you know, at the, at the perfect area where he shattered it in half. He didn't take any injury or, you know, it didn't really seem like it was an aggressive blow, which is very well done. Props to Mr. Credit, or not Mr. Credit. I'm reading the chats down here and talking at the same time. Dumb. Props to Mr. Titan. Sorry about the other night. It was no fault of your own. Um, and you paid it like a man. And that is impressive. Okay, let's move on. We got to put this one. We got to put this one in the uh, in the rear view. I mean, as, as, as great as it was, it's time to move on. And, and this is going to be a short week for the Bills. We're back to some sort of reality. I, I mean, it's going to be crazy to play a Sunday afternoon game, it feels like. Right? I mean, you had to wait all last week for this game. 
And then the week prior was on Thursday. He had to wait all the way again. Like it just, it just feels topsy turvy. We get back to some sort of normalcy this coming Sunday. And of course this game is being out to be perhaps the game of the week. And Hey, it might be on paper. I get it. And especially for it being an in division game, this is uh, it's a big game. They're all big games, but this is a big game for more reasons than, than the obvious. I mean, of course you, you completely take over the AFC East with this victory. And it's going to be a lot easier to coast through that division, getting this victory out of the way. You improved to three and zero with the one seed still in sight. I mean, I know it's early on here, but these are things you got to think about. I mean, we talk about it all the time. But last year, you know, you lose to the Titans on that on that slip by Josh Allen. You lose to the Steelers early on, and it might not seem that significant at the time. But when it gets down to the end of the season, and you're not the one seed, you look back and look at the games that could have gotten you there, and and those were two that stick out to me last year. So you know, these do matter. I know you, you don't want to talk about playoffs this early or division or whatever, but you have to because this isn't the NBA, okay? This isn't the MLB. All these games are as significant as the next. I don't care how early or late they are. So uh, we look forward to this week. One o'clock, it's on the road. It's in Miami. And the Bills have had you know, the better half of Miami since Josh Allen has came in. Josh Allen has owned Miami, but this is a different Dolphins team. We knew that they were going to be improved with the way that this offense has been added to. I've been a big fan of Mike McDaniel early on so far. I really have. He's unlike any coach I've seen. Time will tell how, how well it works out for Miami. It's worked out pretty well so far. I got, I, I like that guy. He's, he's odd. He's different. I mean, there's Bill Belichick who just doesn't say a word. He'll never tell you his actual thoughts or feelings or give you any, you know, he'll give you nothing. Mike McDaniel will tell, tell you straight up how it is every time in like a really cool, like talking to your buddy type way. I do like Mike McDaniel a lot. It's going to be a shame to kick his, to kick his ass this week. I mean, it really is because I do like the guy. Um, so the Bills coming in to Miami Sunday, 2-0 versus 2-0. Winner takes over sole first place of the AFC East. This game would have had a big, gigantic, different narrative had the Dolphins just wind up going away last week against the Ravens. So, you know, if you've been living under a rock and haven't been paying attention all night, yes, the Miami Dolphins found a way to beat the Baltimore Ravens last week. I still can't get over the fact that they won 42 to 38. So at one point in this game, the Ravens were up 28 to seven going into half. And then in the third quarter uh, to end the third quarter, rather it was 35, 14. I mean, this game was wrapped up. This is why I keep saying, I mean, I give the credit to Miami for coming back and getting the job done. But if you're going to lose it up 35 to 14, that's as much to do with you collapsing and just flat out pissing your pants than it is the other team just somehow summoning the, the, the power of God and getting the job done. The Dolphins scored 28 points in the fourth quarter after scoring a combined 14 the first three quarters. I mean, how can I, for the life of me, just think that that was because the Dolphins are just that good? I think a large majority of that came down to the the, the Ravens just absolutely crapping themselves. Tyreek Hill had a touchdown, a bomb touchdown. There wasn't a single Raven within a mile of him. I mean, it just, it really was, was an utter collapse. I gotta... I mean, I, I can't stress this enough. What Tua was able to do was impressive. Anytime you go out and throw six touchdowns, you lead the comeback, you do all the things you have to do to get the job done. I mean, it was impressive. But 
had that game stayed the way it was or had they wound up losing that game, the narrative going into this week would be a lot different. Yet they find a way to score 28 in the fourth quarter, and now it's being touted as you know potentially the game of the week. Huge game. You know, everybody's talking about the Dolphins this week. And understandably, they have a they have a high-flying firepowered filled offense. To me, though, they're just there's tears to this stuff. And I get it. That, you know, the Dolphins looked great at times last week. But the Bills are doing things right now in a way that looks so effortless. And it's just, I don't, I don't anticipate seeing Tua come out this week and find a way to do what Matt Stafford and the LA Rams or Derrick Henry and the Tennessee Titans weren't able to do. I just, I don't anticipate it. Two weeks in a row where the opponent has been held to one touchdown. And I, I see what Tua does last week with the Dolphins. You score 28 in one quarter. It's just not happening. That's a once in a lifetime type game. The Bills' defense, I, 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 I think there'd be a better chance of a meteor hitting my exact location right now than the Bills giving up 28-plus to the Dolphins this coming Sunday. I just I can't, for the life of me, imagine it. Maybe I'm nuts. And I'm riding a wicked high right now from these last two games. But God, man, I mean, really, sit down right now to yourself and try to envision Tua putting up 28 points on this defense after what we've seen the last two weeks. And on top of that, you'd also have to be able to outscore the Bills right now who score 30 points falling asleep. 41 last night, and they sat everybody by the time the third quarter was, wasn't even finished yet. 41 points by the, by the midway point of the third quarter. This game is more evenly matched than the Monday night was. That's for sure. The Dolphins are a better team than the Titans are right now. Definitely. Titans are much worse this season than I anticipated. Thought they were going to lose the division to the Colts. Don't know how likely that is now. The Colts are even worse. These teams do match up much better. We take a look at the metrics and the way that they line up according to PFF. Right now, the Bills are the overall number one ranking team in all metrics. The Dolphins are the 10th overall team. Bills come in with the fourth overall defense, according to PFF. Now, here's the major discrepancy. Right now, the Dolphins defense comes in at 24th. I understand they got the job done last week, but Lamar still had an incredible outing. They put up 38 points. I mean, they were, they were clicking on all cylinders all the way until that game was over. They just blew it. They often still erupted last week for Baltimore. Now, the PFF offensive rankings, the Bills are third, Miami's 20th. I know PFF does things a bit differently, but if you're looking at the way that it's being mapped out from PFF, who uses all their different analytics to try and come up with the most accurate way to grade teams, the Bills have the fourth defense compared to Miami's 24th and the third offense compared to Miami's 20th. I do think that this game is more evenly matched than the Titans game, but I don't quite know how evenly matched it truly is. And you know me, man, it all comes down to the quarterback each and every week. And yes, they have Tyreek Hill. They have Jalen Waddle, but we just saw what Stefan Diggs did last night. I mean, the bills are as set up at that position as anybody. And they have the defense 
to suppress what Miami has been getting away with the last couple of weeks. And on top of that, they have the offense that is going to score 30 at will. The only, you can't, it's tough to compare the game to the Patriots game because New England's offense is not capable of putting up points in bunches and they only scored seven points against Miami. The Bills have a much more similar offense to the Ravens than they do the Patriots and the Ravens went off last week. It's going to be an interesting one. The Dolphins are riding a hell of a lot of confidence into this one. God knows their fans are. I got to tell you, though, I am as confident about this game right now as I was to kick the season off. Nothing's changed for me in my perspective. Did the Bills blow them out? I don't know. I'm not ruling out anything anymore. Nobody saw what was coming last night. I don't care how much you had the Bills kicking the Titans' ass. I mean, that was egregious. I don't know if we see that. You got to think, though, if the Bills do win, it probably is an ass-kicking because that's all we have been seeing out of them when they do win. The last 20 games that they've won have been by double digits. I mean, it's either they kick your ass or they find a way to lose. We've yet to see them have to get an experiment with a close game uh, recently. And every time they did last year, they lost. So that's going to be the ta- the the... The, the key for the Dolphins is just trying to find a way to keep it close throughout the game and then pull away at the end. Because if they, if what happens last week against the Ravens happens again this week, they're not coming back. That's a once in a lifetime game. Five and a half point spread. Bills are expected to win by five and a half, according to Vegas. To put that into perspective, they were 10 point favorites Monday night against the Titans. This game is on the road, so you got to imagine if the game was in Buffalo, it would be about an eight point spread, about a little over a touchdown. Five and a half seems fair. I think it would have been higher had the, had the Dolphins wound up losing that game last week like they should have. I'm looking forward to this game way more than I thought I would be before the season started. I had a feeling that Miami, the Miami fans and the whole sentiment around them was going to be kind of overblown. It's really, really blowing up right now. And they're feeling good right now, which I love. I love it. And like I said, I'm not gearing up for a letdown, but if the, if, if the, if the impossible happens, in my opinion, if the, if the Dolphins do find a way, I'll be the first one to come on here. I was wrong. You know, I, I will eat my words. But I, I am overly confident in this one. I am more confident in this game than I, than I am, than I was uh, the, more, the, the, the first two games. And it's not just because of what we saw out in those first two games. I I was confident going into the Rams, but I wasn't like guaranteeing a win in that game. I was really confident last night. It just felt like these two teams at this moment, the Bills and the Titans are on the same, they are on the same level. I don't think the Bills and the Dolphins are on the same level either. I just think it's, it's easier to make the argument that they are because the Dolphins had that fourth quarter last week. But I watched that whole game. Yes, the fourth quarter was incredible, and it deserves credit. 
But there were three other quarters in that game, too, and they got their ass kicked. So, it'll be interesting. And I'm, I'm very, very much looking forward to it. I mean, Tua, he's putting up the numbers, right? Last week was extraordinary. I think right now, I think Tua's leading the league in, uh, in yards, or he's right up there. It's everything Miami wanted, and here it is. They also said they wanted the Bills. Well, here it is. Here it is. This is that big game. I mean, we've, we've been there with the Bills when they weren't at the stature in which they're at right now, right? These prove-it games, these huge games, right, where you get to prove to everybody you're legit. Because if the Dolphins go out this week and prove it and win, you're legitimized, right? Then all of the narratives are legit. And, and, and you'd even get that out of me, right? Totally. If you're able to pull that, that comeback off last week and you go in this week and beat the Bills after what they've put out on display the last couple of weeks, you deserve all the credit in the world. Absolutely. I will believe it when I see it. I will believe it when I see it. I, I'm not buying into it. I'm just not. I'm not buying into it. Of course, Tua is going to be better with Tyreek Hill, and especially the way Jalen Waddle's been playing. Of course. Are we all of a sudden now supposed to think Tua is the quarterback we saw in the fourth quarter last week as opposed to the quarterback he's been every single other game he's played prior to that? I mean, that's what kills me about this stuff. Tua has delivered mediocre to poor football every game prior to that, for the most part. And then in one fourth quarter where he finds a way to just put up absur an absurd performance, like the biggest outlier you've ever seen, then we're supposed to just bank everything on that. So I'm, I'm going to err on the side of caution and wait till this week. Now, if Tua goes out against this Bills D and plays as good as he did in that fourth quarter last week, this week, you got to believe her in me. I'll say that right now. You got to believe her in me wholeheartedly. I mean, really, if he comes out this week against a Bills D that is just completely pissed on the Rams and the Titans, if Tua is the guy to come out and, and completely flip the, the, the transcript on the Bills D, you got to believe her in me 100%. I'll just believe it when I say it. And that's not necessarily to take anything away from Miami either. They're already a little bit better than I thought they would be. And I do think at the way, the way the AFC is looking right now, they 100% will be in the playoff race. 100%. I thought they would be to begin the season, but right now seeing how potentially horrendous the Colts could be Titans, not looking good at all. Bengals. What the hell is going on there? Um, much higher chance of making the playoffs than even I thought. And I still thought that they were going to make the playoffs. So this is your first real test. I would say in the, in the season here, as far as the AFC is concerned to play a playoff team. I'm not, I'm not sure the Titans make the playoffs. I, I actually go ahead and say right now they don't. I mean, I'm, you look around the AFC. They, that just didn't look like a playoff team last night. I mean, did it look like one to you? I know things can change Miami. These first two weeks has looked like a playoff team. Even playoff teams have their down moments. I understand, you know, you, you don't play well the first three quarters, but they did find a way in that fourth quarter to get it done. But you're not going to be able to come out against Buffalo and have three mediocre to bad quarters and expect to, to win. You figured you'd say the same against Baltimore. I, I don't know what that was. I really don't. I mean, that's just 
it, it was crazy. I don't think anybody knows what happened there. I don't even think the Dolphins know what happened there. It, like, you play that game a hundred times. The, you go into the fourth quarter there a hundred times, 35 to 14 Baltimore. Baltimore is winning that 99 times. You witnessed the one that just happened to go in a way that no one saw coming. Um, so I'll leave it at that. I'll leave it at that. I am as confident as I have ever been going into this game. I got the Bills winning big once again. I'll save my predictions for this coming week for the pregame shows. I'm as confident as I've ever been. But as much as I've been critical of the Dolphins and Tua, as much as I've just put the Bills on a pedestal compared to them, deservingly, by the way, I will be the first to admit whatever is necessary if Tua goes out and, and delivers an A-plus performance against Buffalo. Win or lose, by the way. You know, if Tua comes out this week and the Bills wind up winning this game 41-38 and Tua is just neck and neck with, with Allen all day, just dicing the Bills D. I mean, you, you, got, you, got me, uh, you got me convinced. But I need to see it. Almost two hours in the books. What a fun one this was tonight. Lots of different things that we got into. It's always fun when you have a game like last night to recap. Uh, thanks again to the Thigh Doc for coming on and giving us an update on those injuries. Hope, hopefully we get um, all those guys back soon. Many more guys on the injury list today than there were yesterday, and that's unfortunate because plenty of those guys are real key contributors. Contributors. To this team, you hate when anybody goes down, but especially when you lose your key guys, it's tough. But hopefully we get those guys back as soon as possible. So great to hear that Dane Jackson is doing well. Um, looked really bad yesterday, but he looks to be doing um, just fine, which I don't know if any of us thought that was going to be the case when we saw the ambulance come out on the field. So that's, <clears throat> uh, that's awesome stuff. Oh, another news, by the way, I haven't touched on this. I don't know how much there is to really say, but uh, Bobby Hart, I don't even know what happened. He got he gets he got suspended a game for punching somebody yesterday. Um, I must have just missed that one. I don't know. I guess I was a little too uh, caught up in in the theatrics of a forty-one to seven victory to harp down on the Bobby Hart fight that I never knew happened. Um, so there's that bit of news. Suspended a game. A lot of weird stuff like that happened last week or over the weekend. Uh, some fan hit. Uh, Kyler Murray in the face. They're looking for that guy now. <laughs> and then some Browns fan threw a water bottle at Jimmy Haslam and they arrested him and charged him with three misdemeanors. So I guess the moral of the story is uh, don't fight, don't, don't throw things, and you'll be all right. Weird. A lot of weird things happened in the NFL this past week. Bill's capped it off in style, though. 41-7. That's all, that's all I care about. All right, buck 45 in the books. Shout out again to Mr. Titan. Great, great sport. Paid his debt like a man and in style. The form on that table dive was extraordinary. Shout out, Mr. Titan. Sorry we had to do it to you. Shout out again to uh, Thigh Doc for coming on and updating us all. Always making us smarter is the Thigh Doc. Much appreciate his time. And uh, thanks to all you guys. We are over 400 strong in here almost the entire night. 
And that just goes to show you two things. One, how great you are, and two, how great the Bills are, because you wouldn't be tuned in here if you didn't want to hear more about that amazing performance we saw last night. Let's hope we get another one next week. I'm anticipating it. The Dolphins fans don't seem to be, but we'll see what happens. I'll be back with you next week, Monday night, back to our regular scheduled time. Tomorrow night, Rev, as always, on the Rated Rev Show, Wednesdays right here on the Buffalo Fanatics YouTube channel. Rico will be back with you later on in the week, and then we will have a pregame show for you Sunday. And I will be on that along with the rest of the gang to cover Bill's Dolphins. The game of the year, potentially. Going to be a barn burner, so I've been told. Can't wait. All right, folks, enjoy the rest of your week. Much love. Thanks for tuning in, as always. And hey, go Bills. Sick of being upsold at gyms? My guy, you're currently a base member. For $90 more, I can upgrade you to our Shred membership. For $130 more, you'll be a swole member. And for just $300 more, you'll reach Sweat Platinum. At Planet Fitness, you'll get energy without the upsell. Never pushy, always free fitness training and equipment for every workout. It's fitness that fits your budget. Join Planet Fitness for just $1 down and $10 a month. Cancel anytime. Deal ends Friday, May 10th. See Home Club for details.